1: Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab with me and my good friend, Adam. How are you, buddy?
1: Thanks, Jeff. I am doing great. Hey, guess what? Tell me. This is our second week of all of my students back in the saddle.
2: That's that's phenomenal. This is our third week of of you know just hybrid, just so just half the kids at a time. But you're fully back, huh?
1: Yep, full back. We have a girls' playoff basketball game tonight after this podcast. That's exciting. And, uh, it is. It's really exciting, and it's fun to see our students participating yeah. in things other than Zoom meetings. So man, I, I'm thrilled. We we actually
2: you know our uh, the IHSA Illinois High School um, sports association here, down here. Um, I just butcher that name, but you know, uh, the IHSA just released, you know, just like, I think it was like last week or a week and a half ago, the new regulations for winter and spring sports. And so teams just got back in the gym immediately, seven days of of practice. And we start with girls basketball. I think there might, there might probably even a game tonight. I'm not going to it, but, um, I'll be heading out later this week to, uh, to the first game of the season, man, I cannot, I just can't wait. I can't wait.
1: Well, I, our association is the W-I-A-A, and I say it W because that might help our guests understand my my accent a little more if I say w w i a <laughs> Why you got to say that? Well,
2: to, you, to, to him, you're the one with the accent. <laughs> I, you, you're so far up north and behind the cheddar curtain there that, that I don't even recognize your accent yeah.
1: sometimes. It's like some people mistake me for Canadian. No, they don't. No,
2: that's that's one thing that they don't mistake you for ever is Canadian. Hey, so speaking of our guest, I mean, I I don't know if he realizes this, but, you know, for you and I, we are one. We're five five episodes closer to 50. He's episode 45 tonight. So that's a big milestone for us, Adam. It is. Uh, He is currently a high school assistant principal in Dixon, Kentucky at Webster County High School and host of the Big Ed Idea podcast. Mr. Ryan Scott.
0: How are you, buddy? Man, I am good. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. And I'm not sure if I should take offense at, uh, at Adam's <laughs> comment or, uh, you know, I, I am down here uh, in Western Kentucky, which, you know, isn't as far south as some of our our buddies over there in Texas. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we do have a twang um, and that's OK. That that kind of gives us some character. I, love I would it. say
1: it's, it's endearing endearing it's in we have a
0: lot of deer actually
2: yeah. <laughs> don't take any offense to what he says ryan he means it out of out of love and it's all out of love so
1: listen really, I really
2: tell man,
0: everybody i tell everybody sarcasm is my best quality so yeah,
2: that's cool you're gonna get along really well on the show tonight because <laughs> we do sarcasm really well <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome, man. We're so g- pumped to have you on the show tonight. It's been a long time coming. I know we had to reschedule um, once to get you back on, and so uh, we're just thrilled, man, to hear all about you and your uh, your story and education. Talk about your your new podcast, which I know is going well, and you're going to hit a milestone yourself
0: here, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Up. So yeah, we've we- got uh, episode number seven dropping. Um, actually, you know, it will be it'd be dropping. Next week, and uh, my man Taylor Armstrong, which I know you guys know and probably oh, yeah. many of our listeners know as well, we are going to uh, we're gonna discuss mental health, um, but in the, in the realm of our teachers. I know we talk a lot about mental health with our students. So we're going to take the approach of uh, what we need to be doing for
1: our staff. Yeah. I can hear the trumpets already. Number seven. Do, 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 do. There you <laughs> go. Here I you played now. the trumpet. So did I. <laughs> another common thread look at that jeff we have kentucky connections (laughs) wow well he has hair It looks like he just chooses to keep it my length (laughs) you guys were band geeks i I was but you were too uh, yeah different kind of band i I was in a
0: metal metal band yeah yeah well i played the drums in a punk band um i wouldn't really say it was a punk band it was three guys that got together at my apartment And uh, I played the set as hard and as loud as I could. And then they just played, you know, the same three chords.
2: Yeah, that's punk. Ask ask our guy, Mike Earnshaw, about punk. He'll tell you that that's punk rock right there. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, you will. It's hardcore punk rock. So, listen, Ryan. You, I mean, you've been you've been an elementary principal. You, you, you've earned your your masters and behavior disorders and all kinds of great things, man. And you're currently serving as an AP uh, at high school in Kentucky. So, for our listeners who who may not know you that well, but just just give us the rundown, man. I mean, how'd you get into education and tell us your leadership story?
0: Okay, so uh, I always like to say I've got the non condition non-traditional I took the non-traditional route um I absolutely did not know what I wanted to do um in fact I tell my oldest daughter she was the best mistake I ever made um because because quite honestly I was lost absolutely lost um from the age of 16 until I found out I was going to be a dad when I was 22 um was doing stuff I probably shouldn't be doing uh, my interests were definitely not school and were not where they needed to be, and um, I remember that day very vividly um, realizing that life was not all about me anymore, um, and so I started to kind of try to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, my mother was in education, and, and I laughingly say this, but it's true. Um, I chose education for the summers off. Um, primarily because I was going to be a dad and I wanted to find something that I knew would be good for a family because um, I knew I wanted to be, you know, a good dad. So, education was what I kind of at first thought I liked, primarily because at that time I was coaching soccer. I knew I liked kids. Um, I was also a seasonal naturalist for a little while because I was a biology major. Um, but, um, Interestingly enough, the only school that was nearby was a community college. And really the only major they offered was an elementary ed. So that's what I took. And like almost immediately upon getting in that program, stepping into a classroom, I knew that was what I was meant to be doing. Um, And so, you know, that's what I did. I kind of threw myself full tilt into education and um, taught fourth grade for four years and then taught kindergarten for a spell and I was a RTI interventionist for a little while. And, um, I spent 10 years in the classroom and then two years as an elementary principal. And, uh, this is my second year at the high school level, uh, as an AP. Wow. So that's the condensed version.
1: Well, that's an awesome version because those experiences are vast and wide. And right. your stock went up in, in probably my opinion, and I'm sure Jeff's opinion, because anybody who works with kindergartners, that's <laughs> that's an amazing feat. Oh, I mean, man. That's, that's tough work, you know, rewarding, but tough.
0: To this day, my absolute favorite job, and I've had a lot of jobs. Um, when I was going through school, I routinely worked three, four jobs at a time, um, cleaning pools during the summer. I was a bartender. Um I uh built houses for a little while. I did pretty much anything I could do. Um, because at that time I was a single dad trying to raise a daughter and doing all that stuff. So, but um yeah, kindergarten was so freaking cool. Um, anybody that ever gets a chance to spend a day in a kindergarten classroom, um, I challenge you to not walk away from that day totally changed.
1: So, what do you tell somebody their first day of teaching kindergarten? So you just gave us the challenge. I don't All have right. kindergartners in my building. I'm middle school, and high school. But if I walk down to the elementary school tomorrow and say, hey, teacher A, I'm going to take over your class for the day. What What is Ryan Scott going to tell me that I need to survive a day in kindergarten? Patience. Um, have fun.
0: Treat them just like your own kids. Um, and then not be afraid of bodily
1: fluids. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> And if I have to treat them like my own kids, the district would probably kick me out. So yeah, right. This is going right. bad, quick, bad right. advice.
0: <laughs> well, no, like um, the whole time I was, you know, an elementary teacher, I never got sick. And I firmly believe it was because of all the germs that we passed around um, wow, sure. in, in that
1: classroom. You know, on of your experience, the one thing that I heard, and this might be more common. We should start asking this like on the mastermind. But Mm. you said not interested in school when you were younger. I wasn't interested in school. In fact, my mom still laughs that I've been doing this for 25 years. Same here. (laughs) And I could have given school a boot in high school. I wouldn't have cared one, but I've never saw another school in my life. For sure. I love it. This is the best thing I've ever done. So I wonder how many other educators recognized that they weren't interested in school and either joined in because they wanted to change that perception or, you know, or, or just the summer's off. That's how it started. You know, I I don't know. I mean, I'd like to hear everybody's stories, but I don't have enough time for that. Oh, I think you're I
0: think you're absolutely right, and I think um, I really think a common thread though of the majority of every educator I've ever met is that they just have this overarching desire to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Like um, I feel like we all have that John Lennon syndrome deep down, um, and that's really why we. I've yet to meet and I'm sure they're out there, but I've yet to meet anybody that became a teacher because they really loved science. Hmm. You know, and maybe they're out there if they are hit me up, but I would say most people, um, got into education. Like, like I said, either because they fundamentally wanted to change the world or, or, um, fundamentally just, you know, think about it. You can't have a bad day in a classroom. You, you, you know, it's, one of the best places in, in the world. Um,
1: at least it, it always was for me. It's another thing that we have in common, not quite, not all the way, but you are a major in biology and I have a minor in biology. Oh, right on. At the, at the time I wasn't going to go into education, but then I became a science teacher and yeah. able to share my love of natural science to uh, students in the sixth grade, seventh grade areas. And uh, I can't turn my back on that. That was some of the best, Best parts of my career is work is teaching science to to middle school kids. For sure I
2: think that's sure. that's that's interesting that and that's funny that that you know we we all th- the three of us have that in common that we all three were kind of Ryan you mentioned lost lost souls or lost 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 child you know between the ages of like sixteen to twenty two and I was I was right there with you you know right there with you completely lost had no idea what I was going to do definitely did not think I would ever go into education in fact just like Adam said people who knew me back then when they find out what I do you now just are blown <laughs> away, blown yes. away. Like high school was the last place that anyone ever would have thought I would have walked back through the doors, you know, it's like someone who doesn't go to church and that joke about, oh, did the walls fall down around you or did the church burn, you know, when you <laughs> yeah. walked in, it's, it was like that for me, you know, and yet here we are. So something happened, you know, something triggered us uh, at around that age. For me, it was the same age, Ryan. I mean, 22, 23, I met my wife at junior college after working many, many jobs just to get through school and figure out what I was trying to do with my life and and that was the turning point for me she had two daughters who became my stepdaughters and and from that point it was like okay this is this is what I need to do I'm dropping all the other stuff I was doing at the time and um, you know that changed my life so for yeah. sure we all have yeah. those life-changing stories and and each of them is very very powerful so
1: I think uh, our own children can play a huge effect on our decisions when we love those little creatures to that, to the level that <laughs> I'm sure each of us do, you know, you already talked about your first your oldest daughter and I know Jeff, you talked about your, uh, your first two children from yeah. when you married in with Michelle, same thing here. I mean, it is amazing that, that I would be a vagabond. I'd be living in the back of my Jeep Wrangler if I didn't have a wife and kids, but oh, the, yeah. the, the moral the responsibilities the the mortgage, those things that come with it, but then I've also enjoyed that. I've enjoyed so much more because of the joy that they bring me um, and to see their development and to be able to share that with other people. So I think it's another common thread that each of us has. When you invest in other people, especially your own children, and you can see that growth. It's it's life-changing, to say the least. For sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yes, certainly.
2: For sure, man. Well, that's what a great, what a great leadership story to, to lead you to where you're at. So one last question before we move, move topics here. Uh, you've done elementary and middle, right? Elementary I mean, and high. Elementary
0: elementary and high school. Ever a- a- any middle school in your future? You know, um, the only middle school experience I have, um, I taught Sunday school for our, at our church for middle school. Um and you know I mean middle school is essentially you take a elementary kid and a high school kid and you smush them together and you know kids are kids um even our seniors I you know I try to view. tell our own
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> I try to tell our own our own staff all the time um kids are kids whether they are you know 3 or 18 or like me
1: 22 uh, you know you're a kid until you grow up yeah. Yeah. I think that should actually become part of the teacher licensing program in every state because I, I I've taught Sunday school as well. And I imagine that some students that come to Sunday school are only there because their parents make them go there. Sure. So if you can teach successful Sunday school, you can teach in public school anywhere you want to go. Amen. For sure. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Amen. So hey
2: Ryan tell us about your your uh your podcast man. I mean that that's pretty exciting. So just a little bit before you do that. I mean the three of us well I mean Adam and I have been been friends since we first started teaching um but but we, you know we met through the men in education sure Facebook, did. Yep. Facebook you know that Hal Bowman put together and kind of brought us all together uh thankfully and so much has happened since Way back then, in whatever it was, April, May, March, March, you know, whenever you got into that Facebook group. I know for me, it was around then, like March, April. And uh, I I have seen men. And not that I haven't seen women too, but men, especially because of that Facebook group, just take off and flourish and, and lean on one another and be completely vulnerable to to one another. And I think it was so necessary. But out of that came so many different, a lot of podcasts, you know, a lot of people jumping into the podcast room, which we, which I think. I love, and I think was definitely needed. Um, so many people listen to podcasts as opposed to reading today, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, what, what a blessing. So tell us about your podcast journey, man. I mean, I mean, tell us about the big Ed idea.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. When Hal dropped that idea on the men in Ed um, to be 100% honest, like I needed that. Um, I'm a firm, firm, firm believer in God winks. And when that came around, I was I'm not going to say I was in a bad place, but I was definitely, I was definitely, um, I don't know what this, what the word is, but I wasn't, my passion wasn't where it needed to be. I'll mm. say that. Um, and it probably had to do with the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, a lot of people were scared. We weren't sure what was going to happen. And then he dropped this um, dropped this, you know, group off where I was able to meet literally hundreds of guys now from all around the United States that I'll be honest, gave me license to think the way I do. Yeah. Um, because, because I'll say in rural America, sometimes um, it's really easy to be on an island. It's really easy, especially if you're not even from that district. Mm -hmm. And then you go into a district and maybe your ideas are a little bit different. Um, And so it's really easy that imposter syndrome to kick in. And especially someone who already suffers from anxiety Um, that men in ed group totally gave me justification that I, you know, I, maybe I do know a little bit of what, about what I'm talking about. Maybe some people actually do want to listen to what I have to say. Um, And then one day, um, Hal had a group for guys that were interested in a podcast. And, you know, I'm another firm believer that when I feel the, the yearning of something, if, if, um, something's tugging on my heart, I need to act. And I was like, uh, okay, let's just do it. And so I went to that and then jumped full t- tilt in was really wrestling with some ideas of what type of podcast I wanted to do. Um, I was wavering. Several different subjects. And I think, Jeff, actually, you and I had some discussions about yeah. which way I should go and the, the, the route to take it. Um, but I've always been kind of a big big idea guy. Um, I love to dream about possibilities. I love to look at the, you know, to go big or go home, so to speak. So I settled just on the idea of what kind of ideas do people have out there to change the world of or through education? Um, because, you know, I don't know about you, but in every teacher workroom or copier that I've ever been around, there have been teachers sitting around talking about a better way of doing things. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I haven't always been in a place where that is welcomed. In fact, I've been in places where that's not welcomed at all. Um, so I wanted to kind of give a voice to those people and just, you know, the craziest of crazy ideas, whatever is on your plate, let's get it out there because I'm a firm believer that we can use, um, we can use this platform, so to speak. So social media to connect the visions of one with the passions of another. Um, Simon Sinek, um, has a really good video that I, I actually, again, another God wink while I was talking about this. And while I was thinking about this podcast, it came up on my facebook feed which is really scary mm. um some of the stuff that comes up on facebook <laughs> yeah uh, it knows what uh, you that I, yeah you know that i just thought about and there it is um but his um discussion came up about passions and purpose and that you know not everybody has to have the vision um sometimes some sometimes it just takes other people's passions to find the right vision to make it happen mm. um and so Good. that's kind of where i went with it and we Let's see. I've recorded seven now. Um, I had my man, um, David Knott. He's a music teacher from the Milton Hershey School in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, which is a phenomenal private school funded by Hershey's Chocolate, um, K through 12 residential for low socioeconomic kids. Um, They live there. They actually transition uh, when they're seniors, they get their own apartments and then they learn how to transition out of it. Um, Super, super cool. I've had him. um, I've had um, Chuck Moss, who is a wonderful principal from Wendiddy. I hope I said that right. Virginia. Um, He talks about that. um, Don't be afraid to be awesome. Hmm. Then I had Taylor Armstrong. Um, I actually have had, um, I'm getting ready to interview a dude that is at our career and technical education high school. And we're going to talk about the stigma that sometimes comes along with CTE students. So I'm really excited. Um, it's really, 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 really cool to connect with all of these people, um, that quite honestly, like they want nothing more
1: than change the world. Just like me, Jeff and I have talked about this as well. You're going to find out if you haven't already, Every time we meet with somebody, whether it's Ryan Scott or any of the people you mentioned that we've kind of cross-contaminated prior to joining the big Ed, big Ed idea, it's that we learn so much every time we record. I leave, yeah. I'll leave tonight a stronger educator after talking to Ryan Scott. So I appreciate the growth. This is like professional development at its best. Oh you know, it's yeah, a small group. Yeah. We can add, oh, add absolutely, vib, and it's fun. Why can't learning be fun? You know,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. The, the the last episode that I recorded that dropped was uh, Ben Koenig, who most of our listeners probably will know from the Men and Ed group. But yeah, he fun. is a phenomenal uh, music teacher from actually right across the river. And he brought up this wonderful idea about teacher evaluations um, that, um, you know, we do all these evaluations and I don't know what it's like up up north. But for us, if you're non tenured, you have two 20 minute many observations. And then you have a, like an hour observation. And then we're supposed to glean um, we're supposed to glean the effectiveness of that teacher. Well, his idea is if I'm an administrator, let's spend an entire day. So from start to finish with that teacher and that would us a better holistic view of what that teacher is actually capable of Um, love that idea. So yeah, you're right. Like I get so much more, probably out of this
1: than my listeners do. I, I think that was a great idea. And I heard, I don't know if I saw him type that or something. I knew that before you had spoken it tonight. What are the hurdles that stand in our way? Oftentimes throughout my day, my calendar is hijacked, but other things. Sometimes yeah, the people sure. who, are, who, who pay me, you know, you have to do what yeah. they tell you to do. And yeah. then sometimes it's parents that come unexpectedly for whatever concern, whether it's positive or challenge, it doesn't really matter. And then it gets derailed. And I, oh, it, that's one of the worst emails or knock on the door is that I hate to give to my teachers. It is a sorry, I know that we were going to meet today, but I'm, I have somebody no. in my office that needs my attention for sure. And I always think sometimes they don't need my attention, but it's going to show up on Facebook later if I don't yeah. give them my attention. So I hate that. But you're right. I think Ben's got a perfect idea. A mile in my shoes. Let's do it together, you know that's right yeah that's,
2: right. that's great man i i it's so it's so you know you, you of course you're going to get administrators saying well when am i going to find the the time to do that when in the back of their head i is this nagging thought that that's exactly what we need to be doing though yes i don't know how i'm going to find the time to do it but that's exactly what we need to be doing i i've i, I, I I feel horrible every time I have to evaluate a teacher because I know that my one or two or three, even three 40 minute observations is definitely not even a full picture of what they're capable of doing, you know? I think
1: that's the, the importance of the, that follow-up discussion that just like so many lessons, the conclusion gets dropped, you know, the, the summary of the lesson gets dropped in a teacher's repertoire because, oh my gosh, the bell rang. I think the same thing when we evaluate a teacher. If we don't have that follow up meeting and where they can contest, Hey, you, you scored me low in this one area, but you, you came in 10 minutes after the lesson for, yes. for a 20 minute lesson. You didn't see sure. that I did that. Oh, well, great. Let me adjust that. Cause I want you to feel comfortable. You just explained to me why and what you did and why it was important. So I think that's the part of being a professional that every administrator re- needs to know is that it's still an open conversation. You know, yeah, right. we have the power right. of the pen that we could know, dismiss people too but it's not quite that easy. There's a lot of paperwork yeah. and meetings that take place long before anybody loses a sure. position based on evaluation. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. Yeah, there are there are at, at least for me there are very
0: few things that are <sighs> that are like job killers for me if I have a, a teacher. Like the only thing that I require is you be able to build relationships with your kids. The rest mm. of the stuff we can teach you. Mm. Like it's yeah. it's really hard to me to teach somebody how to build a relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, it it really is, but the other things, yeah, I can teach you some pedagogical, if that's even a word, pedagogical, uh, skill sets. Um, but it's really hard, like I said, to get on, get on that student's level and to connect with them because we know if they build that relationships, then your engagement goes up and then your, um, you know, your achievement goes up and then everything goes up. So, it's all—it's all a product.
2: It's all a product of the, the how comfortable a student feels with you to to learn and That's take right. risks, to ask That's questions, right. and it's all a product of that. What a great—what a great story about your podcast, man! Congratulations. Thank you. Episode very much. seven coming up. Big Ed idea. I hope our listeners all go out and listen to it because it's good stuff, man. Great. Find work. it on
1: Facebook too because his graphics kill. Oh, graphic. yeah. I love them. I love the graphic <laughs> Thank you, you to to market your show. I love them. They're excellent. Appreciate that. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Really good.
2: So I, I I know Ryan that with with uh, with your you know history in education your uh, your your leadership story that along the way um, you've had at least one struggle, <laughs> at least one. Um, th- something that you've come up against whether you want to view it as a struggle or a challenge or some have challenged adam and i to look at it as uh, instead of a struggle as an opportunity right so however you want to view it i mean is there something that you can can think of that that you've had you've had to ponder and 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 really wrestle with and and um and come up with a solution for or maybe you never did come up with a solution for it what what do you think about that
0: yeah so um i'm a firm believer of failing forward. Um, yeah, the spring of 2019 was probably the lowest point of my life. Um, prior to like when I was 16, 15, 16, I had severe depression, um, in high school and probably other than that was probably the lowest point of my life. Um, and I don't, and I don't say that lightly. Um, I had been a principal of the best, in my opinion, elementary school for two years. Um, we had doubled parent engagement. We had raised math achievement by 20%. Um, we had built some strong community partnerships and relationships. Um, we were doing some wonderful, 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 wonderful stuff. Um, but begrudgingly I resigned, um, Primarily, I had taken that school as far as I knew to take it. Um, You know, anytime you come in, you know, so I rewind. When I came into that school, um, that school had had nine principals in 15 years. So, wow, uh, it was so here I am. This guy comes in, I'm full of energy. Um, you know, I believe in growth mindset. I believe in old school phonics. I believe in, um, relationships first. I believe in, um, you you know, your primary, I don't want any, I don't want any standards taught in primary unless you're using a, um, read aloud. And, um, there was some contingency of, we've always done it this way. And that contingency was pretty vocal. I'll say, I'll say that. And this guy who has these crazy ideas is not going to make me change. Hmm. So while I felt our school was moving mountains, um, I was advocating very, very strongly. We had a very, very high poverty rate. Um, we had developed, me and another guy had um, organized a poverty summit for our community. And we were, we were pushing um, this narrative that our community needed to do something for my students. And that wasn't popular. Um, So I got a lot of pushback, strangely for advocating for your kids. Um, So the spring of 2019, I begrudgingly resigned and for about two months uh you know i'll be honest i was you know because as a man i felt like i should be able to fix everything i don't like failure i've never liked failure um when i was a soccer player i was a goalie growing up and when i'd get scored on i'd punch the goal because i had such a bad temper because i just didn't like to fail and so here i am feeling like i failed and applied for different things and wasn't getting it. And, um, you know, when you, when you leave and I'm gonna be very vulnerable here, when you leave a school unexpectedly, people like to create rumors about why you left. And as a man, you always know what that rumor normally revolves around, which was not true at all. And, um, my superintendent had even been on record saying that was not the case. So when I left, I was not in a good place. Um, but I'm a firm believer that God puts you in particular places at particular times for particular reasons. And I landed in, um, the high school setting. And what I, what I quickly learned that was that I was there for a reason. And it was for those kids exactly like me when I was there. Um, and so now I'm that place where kids are getting ready to lose their stuff and they run out of class, people know to look in Mr. Scotts. Um, Boys and girls that have some really horrible, you know, pregnancies, miscarriages, abuse, I'm the one they go to. Um, I make it a point to know every single kid in that building. And I still to this day am going to learn everybody's name, um, all 670 kids. I want to know who they are. Um, so, you know, while I, maybe I didn't fail, um, but I, I want to, I want to say I failed forward. Um, I absolutely learned some lessons along the, along the way though. Um, but yeah, that, you know, so anybody out there that's, and I've, and I'll tell you what's been wonderful being part of this mastermind group is being able to connect with other people that have shared similar stories. Um, and, and, and it's Okay. You know, it's okay to be vulnerable because I feel like sometimes in education, we try, especially as administrators, we try to make it seem like we have it all together. And we definitely don't.
1: No, I've seen Jeff in action. I know he doesn't.
2: (laughs) How did I know that was coming? Yeah. I knew that was coming, man, man, Ryan, that's so good. And for our, for our listeners uh, who may not be familiar with the mastermind, the three of us all happen to be involved Today. in the admin mastermind uh, through, through teach better. The Teach Better team, and and we actually just just this morning, uh, every every Tuesday morning at eight a.m. Central, are involved in and in, uh, this hour long mastermind, uh, where a group of uh, either current administrators or aspiring administrators in whatever setting come together and discuss issues that they're facing and really come for support and and uh, to lean on one another. And I'm so glad you're there, Ryan, and and find that that group is valuable to you. I've been involved in it. Almost as long as I've been involved in in uh, the men and Ed since, uh, you know, March, April, May ish, somewhere in there, um, and it is an, an invaluable resource to me Absolutely. as an administrator. I love your I love your vulnerability and your talk about about um, how, about men. You know about how ladies, this is a show for you too. But 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 tonight, <laughs> tonight. It's about the it's man show. <laughs> and, and, and you're, you're so right. I mean, we men, for whatever reason, you know, don't, don't like to deal with failure. We don't like to be honest and open about our feelings about it. And uh, like you said, you punching the punching the the, you didn't punch the goalie. Did you? No, I was the goalie. <laughs> you were the goal. You punched the goal post when you got scored on. I mean, no, nobody likes yes. that. You you had to learn quickly how to deal with that. And if you don't, it definitely carries over into your adult life. You know, into your adult profession. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that time and again. So g- good, man. What what a what a great what a great story about failing forward and learning how to deal with. Uh, deal with, with failure. And I'm glad you finally landed where you, where, you know, you're supposed to be, man. Those kids need you for sure. I
1: Appreciate that. It's appreciate one of the greatest that. messages that we could share with our young people, or maybe even our, our old people, if that's a thing to remember <laughs> to fail forward, because it's going to happen. We're going to fail. So what we do with that failure is going to be the difference maker. Do we learn from it? And that's the message that I always try to provide to my own children, my students, my staff members is to remember that you know, do whatever you need to do, whatever you think is best. If it doesn't work, just don't do it again. That's it. Simple, right? Just fail forward. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely.
2: And, And recognize the fact that you don't need to know how to fix everything. You know, like Ryan, that's what you talked about. You know, you thought you should have been able to fix it. You don't have to know how to fix everything. Sometimes the best thing for you to do, and I, I talked about this a couple of times on different episodes, where um, the biggest lesson that I've ever had to learn is to just sit back and shut up and listen right. and recognize that right. I'm not the smartest person in the room. Don't say anything, Adam. I really
0: wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the only person in my room, so I am the smartest. Right there you now. go. There you go. There you go. Yep. If walls, If walls could talk.
1: Yep. So...
2: That's awesome,
1: so, man. So, amid Appreciate your it. your leadership journey, your struggles, uh, your current experiences, your podcast, what are you most hopeful for, though, as future as you're staring down the barrel of the future, Ryan? And I'll be honest, right
0: now, um, I feel like we are on the cusp of either some amazing changes in education, or I'm so I'm going to focus on the hope, or we fall back to the um, assembly line style of education. Um, I am hopeful that we learn that education is more about the content. And I keep saying this over and over and over one. in in my opinion, we have learned that computers can deliver that content because we have so many kids, at least in my district that are on ingenuity and other, you know, those types of platforms, and so if if all education is is the delivering of content, then take the teachers out of the equation, and just put put kids in front of a computer. Mm. What we are, what I feel like we are finding in all of this, is that teachers are so much more than deliverers of that content. That we are, um, we are there for that relationships. We are there for that connections. But then I also think. You know, here it is, 2021, and we're still talking about future-ready, you know, developing future-ready graduates, you know, uh, 21st century graduates. And we have never stopped to think about what that actually means. Um, And what I think it actually means is that anything that is Googled, we need to stop spending time on it. And we need to be spending more time on the competencies and the because, you know, we look look at the research, something like yeah, like an at, like insane, insanely high number of jobs are going to be automated within the next 20 or 30 years. And it's not it's not going to be about what you know. It's going to be about what you can do. It's going to be about those skills. It's going to be about who can work the computers, who can fix the computers, who can code the computers. Um, so yes, you know, and especially I'm, so I take this from a high school standpoint now. So yes, there's a little bit of the the high school needs to prepare our kids for college. But I think more than that, our high schools need to be preparing our kids just for life. Hmm. And if a kid decides he wants to go down that college route, how about when he gets to college, he learns all that math and all that science and all of that. Because how many of those kids are taking remedial courses there anyway? Um, So let's use high school to drive those skills that we know our kids are going to need in 20 or
1: 30 years. I always talk to my son about learning how to learn. That's one thing I'm not sure that all of our teenagers are ready to do. How do they research? What does it mean when you have a problem? You know, my son, I have to keep, he'll say, dad, what about this? I'm like, well... Did you Google it?
0: Yeah. Let's start with that. That's the
1: most simple way to start. Let's just begin there, and then we'll go. And uh, he doesn't take that first step, so we have to teach them how to learn. And I think that's an integral spot that we're missing as a whole. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens in each of our schools. Sure. As a whole, it's not a standard. I don't think is it to to learn how to learn. I don't think it's a content standard. No, no, no. You take those those five Cs. So collaboration,
0: all those other five Cs, critical thinking. I have this idea and I, and I posed it with some of my teachers this week that like, let's sit down and let's use those five C's as the framework of your lesson plan and then put in the standards. Mm. So instead of starting with the standards and trying to find something that would work, let's start with the five C's and look at how our standards can address those things. Um, Right now is the perfect time for me at least for kids to be doing you know these projects integrating technology um so that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping that we are going to think outside of the box and honestly i i say it um hashtag evolve or die um i think we're at this point where if public schools don't evolve um we talked about this today on the mastermind there is a large contingency in the united states that wants the public schools to fail and my fear is that if we don't evolve, we are going to be
1: irrelevant. You know, irrelevant. There you go. Irrelevant. That's a perfect word. Irrelevant. Perfect word. Mm. Yeah, I think that was kind of perfect, Jeff. That was the perfect word.
2: Adam, you want me to say it again? That was perfect, man.
0: Thanks, though.
2: <laughs> Listen, uh, Ryan, here's, here's what I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and and I'm, I am so uh, scared that, uh, you know, like you talked about seeing amazing changes in education and let's not fall back to, you know, assembly line way of thinking. I'm afraid that when people, that when we are able to go back fully in person everywhere, you know, post pandemic, if, if I pray that there is such a thing, to, to whatever people consider quote unquote normal, that people are going to want that so badly that, they're, that we are going to go back to that and forget all that we've learned just so we can go back to being quote unquote normal. So I, I really, I, that resonates with me, what you said. And, and I really hope that people um, are still doing a lot of thinking around it. And it's not just that uh, we're in the pandemic and we're saying, oh, why? We should do that. You know, why don't we do more of that? We should, we should continue to talk about those things long after this pandemic passes, because it will pass. And, and then we are either going to evolve or die. You're right. I believe that.
0: And I really hope uh, for any of our superintendents out there, um, or aspiring superintendents that you, um, think along those same lines too. So like if you have administrators in your district that want to think outside of the box or, you know, want to push the paradigm of what is possible in education and in your schools, um, give them the leeway to do that because, Mm -hmm. because I promise somebody that is leading with passion is going to do 10 times a better job than somebody that is just leading um, for compliance. For sure. For sure. Get,
2: get, you, you're so right. Give them the leeway to do that. Like you let, let, let them go. Don't micromanage them. Let, let them, let them do it. Let, let's yep. take some, let's take some risks here. I love it. Yep. Such great advice. Well, listen, Ryan, uh, this has been an amazing uh conversation tonight and i know i speak for adam when i say thank you so much for coming on the principal leadership lab and uh discussing your story and education and and uh people go out and listen to the podcast hit ryan up if you want to be on Please. it because he's taking Please. guests. he's taking guests so tell him how to get a hold of you ryan
0: yeah so uh probably the the easiest way um is hit me up in the twitter verse Um, and my Twitter handle is at Ryan C. Scott, 1981. Um, I'll be honest. Um, you don't even have to be in education and you can bring an idea to the table. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, I've got a buddy who works at a bank. He manages trusts and his big idea is that every high school senior should have a course in financial literacy. And so eventually we're going to sit down and talk about that. Um, so, you know, sometimes I feel like we, we we think that the only people that can bring up education ideas are those in education when, in fact, sometimes mm-hmm. you got to be outside of the system to bring the best ideas. Um, so hit me up on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, other than that, you know, just shout my name in the wind and I'll come running. <laughs>
2: that's great man that's great i I couldn't agree with you more about uh about you know other people outside of the education realm that we can learn from and uh i i didn't think i'd be saying it but i have jumped into the clubhouse and i'm playing around in there and the chats that i'm listening to in there um from people outside of the education realm i've learned so much from already it's it's a it's it, it's it can eat your time if you're not careful like any of the social media platforms but it it has been fun so
0: far so not that i'm giving a plug the only to- clubhouse the only clubhouse that I'm familiar with having a four-year-old is Mickey's Clubhouse. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Should have known that was coming. Well right. we'll talk offline about it. We'll talk offline. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right everybody. Thanks for joining tonight. Ryan, take care of yourself. Let us know what we can do for you. Adam, we'll see you next time on the Principal Leadership Lab.
1: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. Feel free to connect with us in between episodes on Twitter and on Instagram. All of our information is included within our show notes. Until next time, this is Adam signing off for the Principal Leadership Lab.